I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Luke. His whole life changed after surviving a serious motorcycle accident. Let's talk about it. Here, actually, you guys ready for this? Who is that? Whoa. Whoa! Thank you very much. Hold on, can I try? How do you make it so? How do you make it so watery? Oh, it's because you're moving. Your, okay, I get it. Luke, your turn. Oh, I can't eat it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. It sounds just like a water drop, right? Perfect. Oh, you're blowing out at the same time, aren't you? <laughs> That's what you're doing. <laughs> this is the fucking silliest start. Okay. I can't get it. You know what? You know what <laughs> reminds me of that little water drop sound? Um, car accidents. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect transition. Specifically, motorcycle accidents, I believe. Yeah. So today we're sitting down with Luke. Uh, Luke, how you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. Not too bad. And uh, so we met at the yoga studio. We did. You came into my class, yes. and um, and I, again, podcasting this silly thing where people can't really see us. But you come into the studio, and you're carrying a. A, uh, is it a seeing eye cane? It is a seeing eye cane, yes. Nailed it. Is that what they're called, seeing eye canes? Uh, that's what I just said, and Luke just yeah. said, yes. Yeah, so that would totally. therefore confirm that. <laughs> but uh, I was just wondering if he was being polite. And, you know, like it's, it's actually like has an, another more technical name. Is there any other names for it? No, I don't think so. I think yeah. it's just seeing eye cane. Perfect. Cane. Okay, nailed it. <laughs> but does the cane have a seeing eye? Moving they, on. Nope. <laughs> they have wheels on the bottom sometimes. Okay. Cool. Oh, do they actually sometimes have wheels? Yeah, you can either get the marshmallow, they call it, or the wheel. You have the marshmallow. I the have little the marshmallow. Nub yeah. on the bottom. Yeah. So you come into the studio with your seeing eye cane with marshmallow attached, and um, and you go into the studio and you practice. Yeah. Uh, and, but like, and you know, you've got like a pretty solid practice, but obviously the seeing eye cane is there for something. Oh, for sure. And yeah. so after class, we were talking and you were telling me that you have, you're uh, legally blind and we get in this conversation and then you tell me that you had a really severe accident and we decided, fuck, dude, you, you should come in and sit down with us and talk to us on, on the podcast. I'm so glad that you, you agreed to do this. Um, but why don't we just dive right into what it is that happened to you? Cause it's pretty, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty insane. Um, so yeah, I guess it started, uh, 2009, uh, July 26th, um, just regular day. I was out, uh, the night before with friends, you know, meeting up with people summertime. And, uh, the next day we're like, Oh, we'll go to the beach, you know, rainbow Haven, uh, and just, you know, you know, catch up on uh, some sun. And there's three of us left Halifax on our bikes. And so the three of us, you know, kind of travel across. And I remember the bridge uh, coming across the Halifax Bridge, and then that's it. Um, but what I'm told is we drove um, uh, out to Cow Bay Road. And when we were on Cow Bay Road is when... Um, uh, I think a friend of mine, Justin, was in the lead bike, and then he had stopped, so I went around him. Because you guys are driving motorcycles. We're driving motorcycles. Okay. So our motorcycles, he's on the lead bike. Uh, he stops. I go around him, so now I'm the lead bike. And just after I become the lead bike, um, a minivan coming the opposite way, or not a minivan, sorry, an SUV coming the other way, decides that they missed their turn, and they're going to pull a Yui. And they said they saw us, but they thought they had enough time. So they decided to pull the UE anyway in a driveway. And that's when I T-boned the side of the SUV. 
So oh, shit. between the doors. So they were coming towards Whoa. you and then decided to U-turn yeah. to try and go in your same direction. Exactly. <clears throat> and they just thought, oh, we have enough time. I guess we'll pull in. I don't know. Bad decision, right? How fast were you, was your bike going? Uh, we don't say? know. Um, so um, Frankie behind me, I think, was doing 70. So I was probably doing 70 because I was directly in front of him. Holy and he shit. had just enough time to stop. So, um, so yeah, we don't really know exactly how fast, uh, but fast enough that it uh, messed up a lot of my body. But, yeah, essentially... Um, I hit the SUV and then I flew um, above the SUV a couple feet and then fell back down onto the bike. And uh, apparently I tried to shake it off. <laughs> My friends had to hold me down. Oh, Whoa. wait, so you were conscious after the hit? Well, I don't remember any of it, but apparently I was. Right. Um, so, Do you not even remember the drive out there? Because you said you remember coming no. over the bridge. So <laughs> That's I, it. As soon as I hit the bridge, that's when the memory stops. Crazy. And then, wow. uh, so this is all <laughs> filling in from what they told me. Right, happened. right. And uh, so, yeah, they just, uh, I guess they, you know, tried to hold me down and tell me to stop moving around. Uh, and then um, they, uh, they were in the process. Like, I guess I was um, laying on the bike because I have third degree burns that go from kind of like my elbow or uh, sorry, my um, armpit down to my lower hip. So, and they don't know what caused that, if it was uh, the antifreeze from the bike or if it was the exhaust from the bike. Like you like laying on the, laying on the exhaust pipe? On the exhaust pipe or oh. if the coolant broke and it was Jesus. laying on top of that. Um, so you, you essentially like basically hit a wall yeah. like as, as the side of the SUV because you went up in the air and not, not like over the SUV, but just kind of like up and back down onto the bike. Yeah, exactly. So instead of having all that energy dispersed over a larger space, the impact was just immediate and then all that energy was absorbed by my body. What happened Whoa. to the SUV? Like, uh, like, did you, I mean, obviously you put a huge fucking dent into it. Uh, I'm pretty sure I wrote it off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no like, no yeah. shit with your oh, body, dude. SUV you zero. wrote off an SUV with yeah. your body and a motorcycle. Like that is That's right. fucking insane. Was there anybody, was there anybody hurt in the SUV? Uh, not that I'm aware of. No, no, they were all fine. What kind of SUV are we talking? Like uh, an Escalade? I can't remember. It was a big one though. Yeah. Uh, from what I, uh, I'm trying to think. I think it was a Like Jimmy. a Tahoe. Yeah. It was one of the bigger ones. A Hummer. Yeah, yeah. Is that, that's, something that's with some girth. H1. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, that, uh, military edition. I think. You, you hit an armored vehicle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the president's, uh, the president's right. uh, motorcade. Might as well be an armored vehicle if you're on a motorcycle. Uh, honestly, yeah. I don't think it really yeah. matters really what uh, <laughs> yeah. if you're on a bike or a motorcycle once you hit a car. It's pretty much an armored vehicle. So uh, obviously yeah. you don't remember uh, this right. this incident happening, but uh, you, from what you're told, your your pals, I mean, they get off their bikes, they're holding you down, trying to make sure you're not. <clears throat> getting up and being yeah. like, I'm going to walk home yeah. or whatever you would try to do in, in shock as you would. Um, was it, was it like a long process for the EMTs to get there? Uh, no, I guess it was pretty quick that they got there. And I was really lucky because of two doors down from the accident, uh, was an ER doctor. So he heard it happen Holy and shit. he came out and um, starts performing you know, surgery starts, right there. Yeah. He's just like, I got you, boy. Yeah. But it was then, John Ross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, um, uh, my friends were trying to put a tourniquet on my left arm because my wrist was down by my elbow and I peeled the skin off. You know, if you ever seen Terminator where, you know, it pulls the skin back. And oh. the, so that's what kind of happened, right? So my wrist was down by my elbow and everything, but it wasn't bleeding because of. You mean like, you mean like the skin your of your wrist? hand and your wrist had snapped and it was right. dangling down. Yes. Beyond your forearm towards your elbow. Right. Oh, so it's like your forearm is pretty much snapped fuck. in half. Yeah. Oh my Whoa. God. So, but it wasn't bleeding because apparently, um, all the blood was rushing to my internal organs because I guess when you, you have, yeah, I guess when you go through an accident like that, um, the body goes into self-preservation mode and Whoa. sucks it all in. Which our friend Fiona, who we had on the podcast, we actually released her episode today. So this is like weeks ago now, once this comes out, but, uh, that's probably why she carries, emergency cortisol shots with her mm, yeah, so that yeah. her body would like have a similar reaction. I'm guessing because oh, of right, the yeah, hormones yeah. that she doesn't produce. Right. So thank God you don't have Addison's disease. That's the, uh, yeah. that, that's the, that would have been extra bad. Really news. bad. <laughs> yeah. So crazy. Your blood just goes to your like internal organs. So you're not bleeding out of this. Like, <clears throat> yeah, exactly. So they were worried about, you know, like, Oh, we need to put a tourniquet on and, you know, 
flicks the hand and the air doctor's like, no, 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 like, don't do that. Don't worry about it. And he did such a good job that they didn't realize it was broken in the hospital. I think that was like uh, a day later or more when they went to move me and they moved my arm and the rest of my <laughs> arm just didn't went, move. It was just like, like oh, flopped over. Comes <laughs> off and they're like, oh, <laughs> like, fuck. We got to deal with that too. Right. I'm imagining your friends being like, <laughs> we clearly need to do something about this. But it's not bleeding. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Something needs Man, to be but, done. But speaking of that, like, I couldn't imagine being your friends in that situation because we were, oh, uh, yeah. we were, uh, Taylor and I were longboarding once and, and uh, we used to go and longboard all these uh, big hills in the city and we would mostly do it between like midnight and 3 a.m. when there wasn't a lot of traffic on the road. But this one day we were uh, out for a drive. There was like myself, Taylor, and a couple of our friends and we had longboards in the car and we got to the top of this hill and the guys thought, oh, let's just take the longboards out and ride down. So I actually volunteered to drive my friend's car. I didn't have a car. I didn't have my board with me. And I followed them down the hill and there was a really sharp turn at the end. And my semi-sharp, uh, it was pretty sharp. And our, our last doable. friend <laughs> was going around the corner and I'm, I'm right behind him in the car and he just didn't have enough. He, he didn't take the corner tight enough to make it around and he went off the side of the road and he hit a fire hydrant with his legs. And we're talking and like probably like 40 kilometers an hour. How about that? Yeah. 40-ish? Who? Sean, Who? Rogers. Sean Rogers. Oh my God. So, and I'm right behind him in the car and I see him hit. And when he hit, he hit with so much force and velocity that his whole body flew through the air about 15 feet or 20 feet. And, and he was 22, flipping I think. 23 and a half. <laughs> And he was flipping so fast, his arms extended above his head and his legs were fully stretched out. And he did a full flip and <laughs> oh, man. landed. And these guys have gone around the corner and I'm the only one who has, has seen this. And I, I, I parked the car and I run up to him and I was in shock and he was fucking in shock. And he tried to get up and walk and just kind of like collapsed into my arms, like turned ghost white. And I was like, oh my God, I think he's bleeding internally. And obviously was assuming the worst, but... To bring it back to your story, like I couldn't imagine what your friends are thinking when they see you hit this and then look at your body and see like physical yeah, injuries. Like major trauma. Yeah. yeah, that would fuck that would freak me the fuck out. I if I was them and I was riding a bike, I wouldn't want to be riding a bike after that. Well, that's an interesting yeah. topic. What's what like so your pals? So do they still ride? One doesn't ride anymore and one kind of rides not yeah, really well, though yeah. um yeah it definitely shook i think everybody up um one of my friends justin that was with me is uh a police officer hrm so he's kind of seen you know some bad right, stuff right, before right. and he's kind of no i don't want to say used to it right but so it didn't shake him well, quite as quite as much yeah i think well i guess when it's a friend it's yeah it's different, different yeah and then uh when they were taking me away so obviously the fire department showed up, the ambulance, things like that. And then once they loaded me up and took me in the ambulance, um, the boys were just left there. And Justin knew one of the uh, firefighters that was there. And the firefighter said that, you know, like, that guy's dead. Like, he's fucked. Like, he's not going to make it. Like, he's totally dead. And, like, the amount of blood that I left on the uh, road was just insane, I guess. Like, it was just a massive puddle of blood. Uh, and uh, the guy didn't know that. I was oh, Justin's didn't... friend, right? He's, oh, Justin's like, shit. don't say that. And he's like, what? And he's like, yeah, I thought you were just driving by and you stopped. You're like, no, man, that's my friend. And it was like, oh, fuck. Oh, crazy. shit. Yeah. So yeah, it was just like. So like, you, were, you were wearing a helmet, obviously? Oh, yeah, yeah. And if you weren't, you would for sure be dead, we could oh, assume. Totally, yeah. Like, it's funny because I have, um, I had several helmets because uh, I used to. On at one time? That no. must have looked very silly. <laughs> <laughs> stacked on top just in case. Yeah, you're like, this one, we'll go through this one, this one. Always better to be safe. That's right. <laughs> it was a condition. Mom said, if I get the bike, I got to have eight helmets. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> um, but no, I had different helmets at home and I had a joke helmet. It looked like Evil Knievel. So it's got the open face, you know, Star Spangled Banner kind of thing. Yeah. And I used to wear that every once in a blue moon when I was going downtown just for a laugh. <coughs> and So uh, like no visor situation? No visor right so this one had no visor but yeah. i wasn't wearing that helmet but um friends of mine thought i might have because oh. it was a sunny day and they were right. all freaked out because like holy oh, shit like, if he, he wore that helmet. right uh but i was wearing um a shoey helmet it was one of the better helmets you can buy uh, i mean it's, it's like right up there with 
uh, like the top notch helmet. Is Shoei the the brand? Shoei's the brand, yeah. right? And actually, they're paying us for this episode. This, this entire episode is brought to you by Shoei. Uh, go to shoei.com slash shitboy for uh, $20 off your Shoei helmet. Don't do that because that doesn't exist. Uh, so, is that. But is do that, it, is and then a, maybe they'll be like, why are people putting this link, this slug, in for our website? And going to a 404 a gateway not found. Yeah, and then they're like, well, yeah, we better yeah. find the Sick Boy podcast. And yeah, hey, these guys actually plugged us. Let's give them money. So, Shoei, uh, you can get at us. Uh, info at sickboypodcast. Yeah, that'll be enough of that, Jer. Um, so <laughs> the is this a full full cover, full like, cover around helmet. the jaw, everything? Yeah. Race yeah. helmet. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's, okay. Um, what kind of bike were you driving? It was uh, an EN 650. So because I worked at uh, the motorcycle shop, I was able to take bikes out. And it was a demo bike. So um, it's kind of like, um, uh, it's a hybrid between a sport bike and uh, just a regular motorcycle. Right. Um, so it's so pretty quick, but the handlebars are a little right, higher. Exactly. You're not crouched over. Yeah. Um, so biking, um, I, I mean, you know, biking was more than just... Uh, a, a mode of transportation for you. Like oh, yeah. it was you, you worked at a motorcycle shop. Like yeah. that was your, it was your, yeah, it was life. a mechanic for, you know, years before this. And it was, oh, no once shit. it gets in your blood, you'd never get it out. Dude, it was amazing. I got a mad hard on for motorcycles and I had one for three years and I got rid of it. I had an antique BMW. It was in 1962. A literal hard on. Taylor, I'm, please. I'm literally hard like, right now. The fact that you wore those sweatpants shorts today, bad idea. Guys, Dude, guys. those are my shorts and I want them back. <laughs> I can only do a waistband tuck for so long. Um, so I had a, I had a 62 BMW for three years. Je- actually, Jeremy showed it to me and I, and I got so, and I had no, I always kind of wanted a, a bike, but never really but kind of in the back of my mind, like, oh, that'd be cool to have a bike. Jeremy showed me this bike one day, uh, maybe in 2012, 2011. And I was like, yeah, you came. I love that bike. You, and then you within came six and then months. Collapsed, and then we're just like, dude, it was weird. You were doing yeah, this weird thing. Weird. Where you were like, I was convulsing. Your, your, your eyes yeah, yeah. were like semi-closed and you're going. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I had that for three years and then I and then I got rid of it because because I learned a shitload about how to take care of it. But at the end of the day, I was like, man, I'm not equipped to properly take care of this by myself. And I don't have the money to to get somebody else to take care of it the way that it needs to be taken care of. So I ended up selling the selling it to a to uh, this German guy from PEI who who was who was an aerospace engineer who was like, you know, like knew everything about. I will take care of it. Exactly. He said I think he might have said that actually. Um, So so you get into this uh, this horrible accident and. I, 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 I want to come back to, to like what, what motorcycling, motor, motorcycling, what, uh, what riding, riding, riding and bikes riding. mean to you. But, but I, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious to, to kind of continue diving into what actually happened to your body. Yeah. yeah. So like you snap your, your arm. Yeah. Um, but like, I'm sure there was a whole bunch of other shit that happened, um, in this, this collision. What, what kind of damage happened to to you um all right so we'll stop or i guess we'll start from the head down sure and jesus um, christ you know it's a lot when it's like well let's start at the top and work our way to the bottom (laughs) so i can't remember the technical term but there is a technical term for um the level of fracture i have for my face um but what essentially happened was the destination uh, fucked i believe is the uh it's a technical full it's just full is that a porno title Yeah, I think no, no, it's uh, it's yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so the concussion, so nothing actually hit my face. So if you, I still have the helmet, and the visor broke on the helmet. The front of the helmet kind of flexed a bit, but nothing actually broke or hit my face. It was the concussion of the shockwave, of right. the impact. Whoa. So what it did was just basically fractured my whole face and just blew all the bones apart. Whoa! Uh, so they what did had, you look like? Uh, there's a. There's some photos early on. Um, they're pretty messed up. Yeah. But I guess I, my body just swelled up to so like size of a, my head was the size of a basketball. My like my whole body was just huge. And uh, my brother-in-law, who hadn't seen me for a while, because uh, my sister and brother-in-law lived in BC, and they came down like, "Man, you said he was working out, but he looks huge." <laughs> like, no, nah, like, no, it's all blood. <laughs> yeah, this shit's gone wrong. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so yeah. In order to put everything back together, they had to um, uh, pull my face off. So I have a scar that runs from ear to ear. Love that movie. And it's a great exactly, movie. they 
shit is real. They actually did it. So they pulled my face off and then they replaced, um, uh, you know, with pieces of, um, you know, mesh and posts and stuff like that. So I have 122 rivets and 109 screws just in my face. And then there's the plates and everything that go around it. Uh, and then there's the wires that connect. And then obviously the mesh, like I said. So they, they were literally trying to turn you into a motorcycle. Yeah. They were like, this yeah. guy loves motorcycles. Yeah. Let's turn him into one. Yeah. How yeah. much metal can we add to him? <laughs> Are there any <laughs> electronics in there? Yeah. Are you the Terminator? <laughs> but <laughs> dude, that's, that's wild, though. Like, so you're so. I, OK, so I, Luke, I, I only know this Luke. I, I've, right. I've never met the Luke before. Um, how, how different do you look from from Luke in like 2007? It's pretty different, I think. Um, it's tough for me, too, because of the eyesight. Mm, so I don't see it. Right. And because it's me, right? So you look at yourself differently, I think, than other people do. You sure. judge yourself definitely a little bit harsher. Mm. There's not um, like a, there's not a lot of like evidence, though, when I look at you that, yeah, that well, I would see. Like the glasses and the hat definitely cover it up. But uh. like the, my right side is better than the left. The left is the side that was harder hit. Uh, okay. So there's a bit of an indent. Like I have... Um, uh, a little bit of tissue loss on that side, nerve loss and stuff like that. So it's not quite the same. And then um, my fake eye is on the left side. So, of course, I see that. And I think oh, it looks to me, it looks like a dead eye. But everybody else just sees an eye, apparently, uh-huh. right? They think how great a job it is of looking real. But I see it as a dead eye. It just looks right. they, they couldn't fake. salvage the left eye? Well, so they tried. Um, and it wasn't actually anything <laughs> that like I said, hit my face, it was the shockwave. So it was the nerve damage behind the eye. Okay. So it's not like um, they could do an eye transplant or anything like that. It was, you know, just the nerves that were screwed up behind it. So mm. they tried. I think it was um, uh, maybe the fourth weekend uh, after uh, the initial accident that um, I had to make the decision on whether or not to take the eye. And that's Ooh. something I had to make the decision on. How oh, hard shit. Because they're like, that's hard. like, well, there's a percentage that it could come back or it could make your eye that you have that's you know repairing even worse because apparently they work together, right? So oh. if one eye is bad, it's going to pull the other down. Huh. So they're like, the percentage of it actually getting better keeps dropping. It's not really improving. So if we keep letting it go, we could actually do more harm. What a horrible team. So, the other one's just dragging the other one yeah. down. It's like, well, if I'm not doing good, neither yeah. are you, fucko. Yeah. <laughs> not cool. That is crazy. Yeah. What's, what, what's it like making that decision? It was insanely tough because in the back of my head, I'm thinking of all those stories where you hear people that say like, the doctor said I had 1% chance, but I toughed it out. And all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. I have, and you're like, well, shit, could that be me? Like, right. could mm-hmm. I do that? Or, you know, uh, or do you take <laughs> them at their word and you just have to... I don't know. I thought it over, thought it over. I'm like, you know what? They know more than I do. Uh, and it's better to have one eye than to have none. So the fake, that. the fake eye that you have now, is it, is it, uh, so I've, I've met a couple of people who had cancer, uh, in their eye and, and they've lost their eye due to cancer and they have the fake eye set up. Um, and the way that it looks is like if they pop their eye, their fake eye out, um, there's this like little sort of ball bearing inside the the socket and then the fake eye kind of like clicks into that ball bearing and the the ball bearing has been like fused in with the the nerves behind them so like there's a little bit of movement there right i i i I'm, I'm trying to notice it but i can't really like you it, it's so hard to tell that you have a fake eye yeah and so and I'm trying to look at like, is he moving? Is Luke moving his eye? Is it, is it moving around? But like, there is subtle movement. It does to it. have a little movement. Yeah. So is that the same setup you I have? Say, like yeah. The- so they told what they told me is um, there's a plastic globe, and they put that in, and then they pull the uh, tissue around that. So the tissue what turns it, and then essentially the eye is uh, it's like a really thick contact. So like mm-hmm. I can take it in and out, um, and it is. It looks just like a really really thick contact. Mm-hmm. And then I just put, you know, so when I have it out, it looks like I have really bad pink eye, right? Or like zombie eye or something. Mm-hmm. Right. Great Halloween trick. You mentioned that you were you you were thinking over this decision only weeks after yeah. being in the accident. Um, speaking of of thinking about something like that, what was the and speaking of head injuries, um, was there any uh, traumatic brain injury that that came along with that shock wave? Yeah. No. Well. They did, you know, countless CT scans, MRIs, things like that. And um, what I was told was nothing that they could really see. I mean, they'd have to have 
uh, scan from before the accident to really tell. Mm. But honestly, they said that there's obviously little movement for sure, but um, nothing that was severe, which was amazing. It was unreal. And it was funny because I actually had uh, a doctor um, tell his residents, so because I was, you know, such a special case, uh, there was always a lot of <laughs> doctors or residents in, and one particular decided to say, oh, yeah, and like, you know, he suffered, you know, all this brain damage and blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting there looking like, what's he talking about? I You're did. Like, like, I haven't yeah, heard this news. Like, yeah, well, like, I think I'm okay. <laughs> and then, you know, I had uh, a nurse there and she's like, no, 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 like, yeah, you're fine. Like, don't listen to him. <laughs> he's just doing that for dramatic effect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like, he doesn't really, you know, like, he might be over-exaggerating or whatever. He's but. still trying to figure it all out, Yeah, <laughs> this guy. So where did you go? So what's the, like, run us through the gamut. Like, bring us from from top to bottom. Yeah, so the head, I think we've covered the yeah. head. Unless yeah, there was so, something else like crazy. Like, do you have two fake ears? No. <laughs> okay, this is story. Okay. Uh, but I did, um, like, my front three teeth, those are all replaced. Okay. Those are all nice new metal fake ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I had the jaw broken three times um, because it was just so damaged and my face was so swollen at the time they had to go piece by piece <clears throat> so they try this and then it would work and then you know build off of that so um the second one they actually had to take out uh, the option was either use metal for the uh, mandibles the top part of the jaw where that actually rotates mm-hmm. so the option is use metal which wears down within we'll say 10 to 15 years and you'd have to get it replaced Mm. or you go with bone. So they take, um, they do uh, a bone graft. So they take uh, a couple pieces of your rib out and then they shape that into the actual bone and then they (laughs) screw and lock that in place. And (laughs) then there you go. What can they do? Do you, do you have, do you have that? Yeah. Yeah. So I have that. So I have a scar kind of underneath my, uh, my left side here where they took uh, the pieces of the rib and then. And so the um, jaw piece that doesn't deteriorate. No. So it, once it um, grows in, you're all good. Dude, you're just, you're describing all of this stuff and I'm, and I'm just sitting here looking at you going, man, they did a really fucking good job. Yeah, they did a really (laughs) good job. Like that's the thing is that it, it really, like when you came into the studio and I, I said like, so what's up with the, what's up with the seeing eye cane? Like, like how did, how did you lose your, your vision? You're like, oh, I drove a motorcycle straight into a, an SUV and my whole body is basically just metal now. I was like, wow, who's the crazy doctor who did this? Because like you, it, it really is hard to tell. Like it's. Mm. Yeah, they did phenomenal work. They did it's a really amazing. Good job, yeah, yeah, it's um, it's unreal. When you hear people talk about the healthcare system here and I know there's long waits for stuff. And, you know, obviously nothing's perfect, but man, push comes to shove. Yeah. I mean, you probably weren't waiting no. too long. No. <laughs> yeah. He looks like he needs it. Yeah, he needs it right now. And to be fair to all the American listeners or people who live elsewhere in the world who don't get this stuff covered. Yeah, pretty um, much just America. I think it's <laughs> only America, honestly, that doesn't have universal health care. Well, well, as far as oh, first world for, countries. In terms yeah. of developed. Yeah. Develop, I mean, that's a little offensive. First world. I mean, first it's, world now? It's, yeah, you can't say first oh, world. people are triggered now. That's eh? really offensive. Uh, it's actually developed. Okay. And developed is slowly becoming offensive as well. So what is it? Uh, what What is a new word that we can make for these countries and classify them to elite. make it? Elite. Elite. <laughs> Supremacist countries? Jesus Christ, Brian. <laughs> I don't mean that. It's a joke. It's a it's joke. A joke. Uh, okay, well, so how about your neck? Did you break anything in your neck? Uh, so bruised, uh, I think it was like the C7 and... C seven, C four, C five. Is C seven at the top or at the bottom? At the top. Okay. Uh, so I bruised that, and actually, crazy thing about that is, um, they didn't really notice that until uh, I started moving again, and then I lost control of my right hand. So, like, it just started doing wacky started, shit, like, and you were like, like oh, I lost the feeling. It started at my fingertips, and it kind of crawled all the way up to my shoulder. Oh, wow. oh. And I just couldn't control it anymore, and like, it would want to flex open. So it actually, Whoa. I got my family to bring tape in and I would tape my fingers closed because it was just really uncomfortable because it was flexing the wrong way and oh. they had no idea and went through test after test. I did like spinal taps and different stuff like that where, you know, like stick the little, you know, uh, maple syrup drain in your back and take some fluid out and oh, see if you had that mess and, you know, all that fun And stuff. that was from bruising of your C7? Yeah, so they figure that uh, the bruising... Um, 
forced uh, the tissue around the nerves and then the nerves were just aggravated because of that. Oh, so all right. it was, because eventually, you know, it came back, uh, thankfully. Man. Uh, and so, I mean, it's still just a guess. I mean, they, they don't know for sure why. Just, is that kind of like, guess. when you lose that feeling, is that, um, I don't know, do you ever, do you guys ever like wake up with your arm over your head in bed and you're just, you, hate that. you wake yeah. up and you're like, you kind of flop around like a fish to try and get your arm out of that position. Hate that. Yeah. And then it slowly comes back. Is mm-hmm. it is it kind of like that? You just, yeah, yeah, that you just like can't that. do just, anything with it? You just it? can't bring it back. It's just that numb feeling that it doesn't want. And it's almost when you touch it, it doesn't feel like you're touching your arm. Yeah. It feels like you're touching someone else's arm, which is really weird. Do you call the, the ting- stranger? The tinglies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the little tinglies? Do you those? Do you guys get the tinglies? I do get the tinglies. I, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. like, yeah, I, the... It, it's so frustrating. I mean, this is my like anecdotal experience of like waking up at 3 a.m. being like, oh, fuck, I'm not going to be able to use my arm for the next eight seconds. Yeah. Uh, but meanwhile, Luke's like yeah. in the hospital. And he's like, like, this has been going on for days. <laughs> yeah, I might never be able to use it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the uh, the frustration that you can't bring something that's attached to you under your control. Yeah. I mean, even even for me in a, in a in a few moments in bed at night while I'm doing absolutely nothing. It's like. I can't believe that I can't tell this thing of my body, this part of my body to do it, to do something and how frustrating that might be if that's going on oh, on a crazy. daily basis. Yeah. And the, I guess to compound it, um, my left hand was still in the cast, so I couldn't <laughs> use my left hand. Jesus. So I could, and at the time my jaw, um, uh, actually, yeah, it would have been unwired then. So it was just unwired. Um, but I still couldn't eat because I still had the trach hole. So I still had to wait for that to heal over. Uh, so I still had the feeding tube at that time. And, um, but yeah, you just like, I couldn't, um, you know, write stuff or, you know, do anything with that hand. So it was super frustrating. And the fact that they have no idea. And it's like, we'll try this. We'll yeah. try that. And so like, you couldn't eat. You couldn't drink. You couldn't pick anything up. No. You couldn't even open your face. No. I can't. Can you talk? I can't open my face. <laughs> <laughs> But <laughs> trying to open it, unhinged. I know you're saying you're saying your jaw was wired shut, but could you could you talk? And I guess when they opened it, because I'm I'm imagining that when they did the bone graft to your your jaw, what what are those bones called? Like the the supporting ones on your jaw that the mandibles, the mandibles at the, the top that it's where it rotates. Right. So it, were you able to I guess speak then? So that surgery was done um, a while later. So the first jaw surgery that I did uh, was just to try to put it back together. Oh god. And when they initially did it, they they didn't have enough time or they didn't think they needed to um, support the um, the mandibles. So they actually collapsed. And then I could only open my jaw uh, like millimeters, like really like barely open it up. So it would be like, you know, I'm trying to put a, you know, fruit roll up in or something. Like you Mm -hmm. just couldn't get something in. Um, But I mean, I'm trying to think of how many weeks it was. It would, it would easily have been uh, eight or nine weeks with it wired shut that I had to write. Oh my God. So. Right with your hand that wouldn't. Initially it did work. And then when I started moving, because I didn't start moving until. Um, probably, uh, I think it was September 17th, September 18th. I started like sitting up so in bed a couple of months. Yeah. Fuck. So, it, and that was Holy just shit. to sit up in bed because yeah. I still wasn't allowed to put any weight on my pelvis or anything. So I was still in bed. I was just actually kind of lifting out of bed. So we got more damages going further down now. Yeah. So then, uh, tell me about the trach. Cause I see your trach scar and yeah, you, yeah. you met. And so like, I don't know what, is that to is that to help you breathe? Like what the yes. what the fuck is that for? And and how long was that in you? Uh, so it was you know I'm trying to think. Um, like were you on life support? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like they didn't think I was gonna make it. There was <laughs> it was like um, it was days before they figured out where I was bleeding internally, and it happened to be in my face before they realized they could stop it because they kept pumping blood into me. My blood type is actually different now. It's AB positive with antibodies, which sounds cool, but it sucks because (laughs) my blood doesn't last outside of my body. So whenever I go in for another surgery, instead of having your blood taken three or four days beforehand, like most people would, I have to get it taken the day of so then they can match it up then Uh, uh, because of all the, you know, all the stuff they put in me to keep me going. 
I didn't just, know like, your blood there's type. There's so didn't... much to this. Like there, there's, there, we didn't even touch on the life support thing. So like you go, you get in there, you're so fucked up that they're like, Luke might not live. Uh, we don't really know what's going on. And, but then they figure out that your face, the inside of your face is bleeding out somehow. Yeah, there is you know, hemorrhaging. internal bleeding from within inside the face. And like I said, there's Jesus so many other things Christ. that were wrong that they were looking at everything else and they just couldn't find it. And uh, luckily, yeah, one of the doctors was able to find it. So that's when they did the face off. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure when that happened. But, but uh, they had the face man, somehow. You guys, yeah. ha- how smart... How smart are some people? Because like, imagine, imagine like looking at a person that's in this state and being like, okay, uh, like John Ross was saying in his episode, it's like, okay, you just have to look at it and prioritize what needs to be done Mm. first. And then just step by step, like, okay, we know we need to do this, 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 and this, (coughs) got to keep them breathing, got to keep them alive, keep the blood flowing. What's crazy is that it is it. Well, most of the conversations that we have are with people who have, they have a symptom of something, they go in. They get it checked out and there's like weeks, months, sometimes years in the mental on the side of things until someone goes, okay, well we found out what it is. And the doctors have time to do tests and analyze them and give them a call back a couple weeks later or a month, whatever. And it's kind of this slow process. I think the most, the, this is so fascinating because of the emergency nature um, of, of, of it all of, of bringing someone in and going, we have so little time to figure out what needs to be done and in what order yeah. to make this man alive and not dead. Yeah, it's like here's this fucking super complex puzzle that you have to solve in the next day or this guy's going to die. Yeah. Or like the next Ooh. few minutes for some of the things, right? Yeah. It's like they're living saw every day. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Except for somebody else's life. You know, I also was just thinking about how crazy it is like when you go see an Avengers movie and the Hulk t- t- takes a dude and like throws him against a wall. Those guys, those guys are, are dead. really hurt. Yeah, like <laughs> like they are. They're probably not going to live unless they get the treatment that Luke got. It's true. Yeah, like there's a, there's a friend there standing with a firefighter, and the firefighter's going. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, not yeah. sure. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is like I never really like when I see that in the Avengers movies. I always go like. Like, ooh, that's going to smart. But yeah. then, but because that's the way that those movies like kind of make it look, they're like, ooh, yeah, ouchie. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but then you're like, no, no, that's, that person is, is very, very, very much not like going that to one, make it. That one particular <laughs> scene where the Hulk grabs a guy by the ankles and just like starts just like. Seesawing him? Yeah. Just yeah. whipping him back and forth side to side. If like, he, he only needs to do it once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He only needs to do it one he time. He gets him about 15 times yeah. in that like 10 <sighs> seconds. So, Well, it looks like we just crossed 5 million podcasts in the world, so it is with some humility that I introduce mine, Kelly Corrigan Wonders. Once a week, we share heart-to-hearts with smart, good people like Brian Stevenson, Anna Quinlan, Father Greg Boyle, talking about how we treat each other, how we treat ourselves, and how we might do both better. Kelly Corrigan Wonders is a podcast for people who like to laugh while they think and aren't afraid of feelings. Join us for Kelly Corrigan Wonders. So you get you have this trach in, right? And this thing well, is helping you breathe. There's nothing in there, so it's uh, just a hole, right? Whoa. So it's just a hole, and there's nothing. When I came to, they might obviously they probably had something in initially, um, but when I started to come out of it, about uh, I think it was two weeks later, I started realizing where I was and you know putting things together. Um, what was that yeah. process like? Uh, crazy uh, yeah. i knew it wasn't an accident which is obviously on some level uh because apparently beforehand i had been writing stuff mm-hmm. i don't remember any of it but um you know my first remembering was um seeing all these ninjas around me because my vision was so bad it was like black and white and so you're seeing doctors with masks on and mm-hmm. everything and i'm like oh what are those ninjas in the hospital for <laughs> <laughs> i can't tell if that's fun or like terrifying yeah because I love ninjas, yeah. but I don't know if I'd like ninjas with scalpels really close to my face. <clears throat> it's like, oh, they were good ninjas, I thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned uh, not being able to move for like two months because of your pelvis. So obviously right. we're – so you've got – so so far uh, we've got like hundreds of screws in your face. Yeah. Your jaw broken multiple times. Right. A trach in, a bruised C7, C5. You've got – your wrist is basically flip-flopping around. Um, a puncture both lungs, uh, <laughs> broke a bunch of ribs. Uh, Come on, like, <laughs> kidney, liver, spleen, like I just basically Every, destroyed right. everything yeah. inside of me. The impact um, and the trauma yeah, to like, your organs, exactly. Just kind of ripped everything, and then Jesus. the third degree burn that runs from right. the elbow down to the hip. 
and then we get to the pelvis and there's uh, the fracture in the pelvis. So I have um, two plates front and back and then two rods that go through my pelvis to hold the pelvis together. Whoa. And then uh, we go to the right leg and there's uh, a rod that goes from, uh, I'm not sure if it's the tibia or the fibia, but it runs on my right leg. And then I got pins that hold that in place and then pins in my ankle. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I think that's, oh, yeah, well, and then there's the rods and pins that hold my left hand together. Dude, man, how many surgeries have you had? I don't know. I get that ass a lot, and I wish I, you know, kept track. We've I'm got sure, a record. On I'm the sure show. I can go and um, how about this? And just... More than two? Yeah, yeah. More than five? Oh, definitely. More than go for it. Fifteen? I don't know. Fifteen. That's pretty. Like that's we're probably, like kind of getting around I there, think, like yeah, upwards of fifteen. Close, yeah, that's a fucking lot of surgeries. How many surgeries have you had in your life, Tay? Uh, well, I think I've only ever had my, uh, wisdom teeth out. <laughs> so one, one, how many surgeries have you had in your life, Brian? Uh, one appendectomy. Okay. I think I've had maybe five surgeries, but most of those were the same surgery on my, on my sinuses that I get like every few years. And that's over the entire 29 years of my life. You're Luke, you're getting like let's say 15 just like just yeah, for yeah. lack of a better number right. 15 surgeries all fucking jammed into what like five years six years six years yeah that's frequent flyer I mean, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah do you get points your like, next surgery is free <laughs> dude, dude how do you by the government <laughs> how do you uh how do you feel though like like right now uh sore i mean i feel like i got hit by an suv yeah, still, but you know, still, still though. Yeah, like, um, well, Luke, you get you when you arrived here today. I was like, "How you doing?" You're like, "Ah, well, you know, aside from like the chronic pain, I'm, <laughs> I'm okay." So you do, you're you're not, you're still hurting. Oh yeah, yeah, like it's it's constant. Um, uh, even talking is, you know, will cause pain. Um, oh, I'm so a, sorry. No, no, but <laughs> I'm so sorry. We brought you onto the talking show. <laughs> I like to talk, so it doesn't, you know, as you can see. Um, but yeah, so it's a bit of a, a catch twenty two, unfortunately. What do you What um, do you do to manage that? Uh, so obviously yoga. Um, I go to um, the rehab center, so we'll go there, and we work on. It's a constant juggling. I mean, we work on you know, like my walking or my breathing or uh, meditation stuff. Um, and then there's, uh, you know, just trying to relax, music, uh, going to the gym, doing, you know, light workouts, things like that. Um, and uh, obviously medication, unfortunately, still. Mm -hmm. um, but without it, obviously, I wouldn't be functioning the way I am. So. Are we talking like slow release fentanyl or like or like morphine uh, or or like what kind of medications do you like? I can imagine it's pretty intense pain so it's an opioid yeah. um and i was on fentanyl when i was in the hospital mm -hmm. um uh obviously at the end i mean they were on other uh, other opioids and things like that when i was in there mm -hmm. um but uh it was a big struggle to try to figure out uh what pain medication i could use and get my pain down to where i'm functioning i'm you know able to get back on my feet so to speak um and uh yeah like i tried uh well over a dozen types of medications while I was in the hospital. And then we've tried more since. And it's constantly like you try this for a while and then, okay, it doesn't really work. So we go back, try something else. Right. And um, mm -hmm. a lot of people don't understand how tough that is because first you have to come off of whatever medication you're on. And a lot of medication, you have to go through a process where it gets out of your system. So then you got to go through that time where you're not really having your pain managed. And then you got to start something new. So it's not as easy as like, oh, we'll just try a ton. I'll try an Advil. It's mm -hmm. not like that at all. And coming right. down from opioids, was, was there, what's the challenge? Did you, have you experienced any challenges with, with the trial and error and trying to come down off of opioid use? Yeah. Well, so I was on quite a bit to initially come out of the hospital. So, um, I was on the, uh, fentanyl patch and I was on 75 milligrams and that's, uh, so you have the Sounds patch like for, a lot. Three days. So the patch goes on for three days. It's like a really slow release. You're, right. you know, given the, you know, the dosage um, as you go. And it was funny because the first patch I tried was like a gel and it gave me a super high dose to start with. And then as the days went on, uh, I couldn't last the third day because the dosage just wasn't there anymore. But luckily there was a different patch that was more measured. So eventually we found the right patch and we used that. And uh, I used that for... 
um, probably nine months. Uh, mm. I think I was on that patch. And then uh, I was just in the process of kind of like, all right, I'm starting to feel better. You know, um, let's, you know, start the process of kind of weaning down. I was thinking of that, but I was waiting to talk with um, the doctors at the pain clinic because, I mean, this is what they do. They know. Um, but before I got in to see them, I went in to see, um, another doctor, uh, that I had just, you know, I have a lot of regular appointments to go to and, um, they, uh, were asking me how I was doing and what medication I was still on. And, and, uh, this doctor says, he's like, well, what are you on? I'm like, oh, I'm on the patch, blah, blah, blah. And he says that, oh, you shouldn't be on that. Like, you're definitely addicted now. And I'm like, what? Yes. What the fuck? Yes. Like, what's going on? And he's like, yeah, like we only prescribe medication for about three weeks after surgery and you were on it for how long and it, at this time it would have been like um six seven months or so oh shit. but in the same time he says that i was the worst case they've seen in right. over 15 years so you're a little bit of an outlier so like how am i supposed to be you know how am i supposed to come off of this medication within three weeks if right. i'm the worst case yeah seen i mean in 15 you, years you need like, something and he's talking about people that go in for you know minor surgeries and he's comparing me to that so i yeah. was just I was thrown, obviously, but I felt like I was yeah. not addicted. And yeah. so I go to the pain clinic and he also said that day, he's like, just stop taking, like, just stop taking right now. Whoa. And at the time I was at 75 milligrams. So just stop, like, just stop it. Just stop taking it. He's like, dude, you gelling? Dude, isn't that like, really hard? Uh, we yeah. had a, we had a friend, uh, well, we have, we have, she's still a friend. We have a friend. Uh, she's who, still alive. She's, she's, she's with us. Uh, she got in an accident. She fell down. She, uh, she broke shit in her neck and she had a halo on. Right. And, uh, you know, she had that on for months and then she was on opioids for her pain management and she, uh, she went to see a doctor and the doctor was like, Oh, you're still taking that opioid. No, just stop taking it. But the doctor was supposed to say, or she either heard it wrong or whatever, whatever the miscommunication was, she didn't say, she didn't hear the piece about weaning it or she wasn't told (laughs) the piece about weaning off. So she just went cold Turkey and she got like fucked up well you can and then and then had to go back on and then start weaning yeah it's really dangerous to just stop so did you go cold turkey no so uh luckily i said i had the appointment coming up with the pain clinic so i go into the pain clinic tell them the story and they're like first of all you're not addicted your body's become dependent because you need it because you were in this crazy accident so put that out of your head like you know um and then if you're ready to go through the process of weaning it down and let's start that. And it's 10% every week, mm. right? So it's really measured. It definitely takes you. And they're like, Ooh. yeah, if you did it right away, the pain and suffering you go through is insane. Oh, dude. So, like some of the stories about people going cold turkey off of, I mean, whether it's drug use or whether it's opioid, like prescription sure you can med. Die. No, you can't die from it. You can die from uh, alcohol. alcohol, cold turkey, right. going oh, cold turkey right, off alcohol. Right. But, but it's just like, that's I mean, so I've just... I mean, I've, you know, you read some fiction mm. and nonfiction and you just, it just sounds like the most horrible. Yeah, train spotting. Um, uh, so what, what, what's the situation now? What are you doing? So now I'm off of a lot of stuff, but I do have to take um, a small dose of an opioid. Um, but the cool thing is, I guess the good side of it is I can take it when I need it. Um, so with all the other medications we tried, um, they just, they wouldn't let me talk to you today like I'm talking to you. I just wouldn't be coherent. I wouldn't be functioning. Mm. I'm either really sleepy, just my mind's not, you know, able to pull on and hold thoughts, uh, things like that. So, you know, we tried, like I said, all these different things. And then it was kind of like, you know what? Uh, I was taking at least five Tonal at a time, five extra strength Tonal to get anything from it. And then I could only take that like twice a day before my stomach would start freaking out, right? So I just wasn't really getting any relief. And then you're in more pain and what's Mm -hmm. the point of that? So... Uh, talk with the pain like you know what we'll just use a small dose and we'll you know the time you need it great the time you don't um that's fine and plus having going through all these surgeries like i'm still going through surgeries knock on wood i've had my last one in january so you know now i'm looking really at the process of coming off of mm-hmm. hopefully everything mm. but i know that maybe that might not happen uh, but if i can get it down even lower i'll be happy with that have you uh, have you been able to go back to work no, unfortunately. Wait, and, um, and what's kind of like the outlook for that? Um, I don't know. It's tough because I'm trying to go back to school. So I did go back. Um, I took a writing course at Dal and that went really good. But then, of course, I had surgeries and then that set me back. Uh, and the surgeries that I had were on my jaw and my teeth. 
And the face is uh, definitely like uh, a focal point for my pain. So anything that we do there uh, just, you know, exacerbates the pain and you're kind of like, ah, this is frustrating. Um, The healing process is generally twice as long because I have um, a lot less uh, drainage tissue, they say, on my face. Because of the because metal? Of the metal. Just a bunch so of mesh and metal. It's metal, yeah. right? I mean, you can actually feel the pins and rivets around my mm. eyes and stuff like that. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's been a long process. I'm hoping now that I'm finally improving, but then I've uh, in the last couple of weeks, I've got this new pain uh, behind my uh, right ear. And it's like this focalized, sharp pain that if you touch it or rub against it, it just shoots me through the roof. So and, are you are you looking at like surgeries for the rest of your life? I hope not. But unfortunately, um, I think I've said like, oh, this is the last surgery. I've said that, I think, for the last four or five years now. Like we thought we have it done. And then I go in for an x-ray or a checkup and they're like, oh, well, you know what? This is coming loose or that's wrong. So we should really get in there and we should uh, do oh, something man. about that. Like I had um, my bone is very active and my skin is active. Um in healing, which is good, but bad because I had bone overgrowth in my right, left hand. So my bone actually grew together and I have a scar that kind of runs down my forearm here mm-hmm. where the bone grew together and they had to go in and cut it and then shave the bone off so I could start to rotate my hand and I can't actually fully rotate the hand anymore. Jeez, it's still right. because of the metal and the, all the damage that's in there. Um, and then uh, with the side, uh, my third degree burns didn't actually heal. It was almost a year or more before they finally had it healed. So every week they would come in when I was finally discharged, they'd come into my house, the VON would come and they would burn it down because I get what's called plowed flesh. So your flesh, instead of just stopping once it meets up, it starts to push together and then it kind of grows up. So then they had to burn that down and then it has to start healing again. And then they had to keep doing that. So it's almost like someone coming in. You're growing a wing. Yeah, it's like someone coming in with a cigarette and just burning your side with a cigarette every time. They're burning the burn? Jesus Um, Christ. This is connected to Brian's question about work. And if you don't want to go there or if there's nothing or or if there's nothing that happened, then then, um, just say so. Uh, Was there any, uh, what was the legal side of things with... Um, it's still ongoing. Still ongoing? Yeah, unfortunately. Well, I guess, you know, this stuff takes time and, you know, um, a lot of it is um, uh, companies and want to see how much I can heal. It's like how far you can get, you know, and if you can heal to a certain point, you can work and you can do, you know, you right. know carry on as usual, I guess. But or, you've been off work for six, yeah, seven, I've been eight off years? Work. So, yeah, six years. So luckily, you know, uh, I had insurance and... Um, uh, you know, you have to cut stuff back and yeah. you do that and have CCP and things like that. It kind of, you know, supplement and make it work. Um, has that been like, what kind of an impact has that had in your life since the accident with having, I mean, obviously not working is a huge, oh, is yeah. good. Especially, um, from, uh, going from working like insanely, uh, like I yeah. work six hours a day or sorry, six days a week, you know, some days I was doing 12 hours, like Ooh. just, Nonstop because I really liked what I did and mm. um, I liked helping people. And then in the motorcycle industry, as a mechanic, you really have to uh, put your name out there. So you really got to step up initially right. uh, to get the clients to trust you because um, people are protective about yeah, motorcycles. Like, you're just those two wheels. And yeah. if you, you know, you fuck up, someone's going to die. So Ooh. guys get pretty territorial about who works on their bikes. Totally. Um, so yeah, I put a lot of effort in and, um, you know, really pushed my name, I guess. Uh, so going from that to zero, obviously, is really tough. And just um, it was a huge fight for me just to understand that I needed to focus on myself. Mm-hmm. It was always and I don't know if it was good or bad, but I guess it was the way I'm wired is that um, I was always focused on going back to work is like, oh, I'll be back to work. I was when I was in the hospital, like two weeks after the accident, when I first started coming out of it, my first thoughts were just like, I'll be back to work in a couple of days, man. Like, just don't worry. I'm going to shake this off. And every time someone would come in from work and be like, oh, I'll be back at work. No worries. No worries. Right. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it was a bit of a delusion yeah, to myself. Everybody's right. going, well, I don't yeah, know yeah, about yeah. that, man. Exactly. The firefighters, oh. they are going. Yeah, well, I don't know. in the corners, <laughs> shaking his head. Yeah. Like an asshole. I, I think that's a really, part, uh, <coughs> a really important part of this conversation, too, is is that, that whole like emotional side of the recovery, too, because yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, like obviously not being able to go back to to work and do something that you love, but like what about the whole other 
part of your life, like being cooped up in a hospital, trying to recover and, and, and getting over that side of things. What's that been like? It was crazy. Uh, I was really lucky though. I have a big family and uh, they, um, like my sister and brother-in-law moved back from BC to help me out. And uh, my family was kind of always there for me. And the staff at the rehab center is amazing. Uh, they do a great job. And then when I was there, there was a couple uh, guys younger than me, uh, just two or three doors down in uh, one of the rooms. And uh, they had flipped their SUV or their uh, ATVs. And one of them was paralyzed. The other had some other damage. And I was just thinking to myself, like, you know, at first I said I wasn't going to walk again. Eventually then I, you know, I had to learn to walk again and I could walk again. And so I just felt like, who am I to complain? Like, this guy's not going to be able to walk again. Mm. And like all that brings. And yeah, I lost my eyesight, but at least I could see a little bit. And, you know, I'm able to walk and do all this stuff. And, and then, yeah, like you start to see the other people in the hospital and you just think, I have no right to say anything. Yeah. Everybody else is going mm-hmm. through crazy shit. So who am I to like sit here and whine about myself? Like, oh, what was me? Like, yeah. I couldn't do this or that. So uh, I think that was a big help for sure. Like there was, there were never really was a point where I was like, oh shit, this is insane. Like I'm not gonna be able to do anything here. Or like there was no uh, give up moment that I had to Man, like, that's pretty wild. From, that's pretty so. wild to hear you say that. Yeah. You know, like to, and I think that's incredible. But to want to look at you and hear you do the, you know, from head to toe, this is what happened to my body. And to hear you say that you didn't have that, like, woe is me. I'm, I'm not going to make it kind of like that's that's strength. Like that is that is pure strength. That I don't know where I get it from. It's just the way I'm wired, I think. And yeah. I don't know if it's just, like I said, I'm naive and stupid and not thinking of the actual severity of the whole thing and the process and how long it's going to take. And uh, I'm sure, yeah, if I looked at that, I probably would have been like, holy crap, this is going to be crazy. Mm. Uh, but I never had that. It was always, um, I guess, focused straight ahead, two feet in front of me and uh, not looking any farther than that. And uh, I've always had a chip on my shoulder as far as being like the skinny guy or you know, um, you know, having a fight to get into the motorcycle industry and, uh, people not think I could do it or, you know, it's just all those things as it's always been a part of me. So I've always had that fight. It was, mm. yeah, there was like, I'm not gonna let somebody else win. Yeah. Like, it's an interesting perspective too, because the, no matter what, and fr- from that perspective and I, which I think is the right perspective to ha- the right perspective yeah. in quotations to have, um, to look around and you're always going to be able to find somebody who's in a worse situation than you. Yeah. So to be able to, you know, find, uh, a sense of, uh, gratefulness for the things that you do have when you come out of a situation, especially the accident happens and they're going, will he live or will he die? Right. As soon as you live, that's a huge win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Man. everything from there on, you're just looking at, well, well, I have this and I have this and mm-hmm. I have that. Oh, totally. Yeah. I think that like if if I if I ever ended up in the same situation as as you, I would hope that I would have that same type of like innate ability to feel that that sense of like strength and just desire to to overcome and and be strong even even against the adversity. But but I also do think that it's it's very empowering to be able to embrace like the the shittiness of it all in in that moment and kind of just like cry and just let that out if if you're feeling that way and not that yeah. you were feeling that way or felt like you had to do that but somebody else who's listening who's in that that moment just feels like the grief welling up just let it out and and embrace it and then hopefully once you've faced that that part of the grief head on then you'll be able to let go of it and, and move on and see the positivity can your fake eye produce tears uh it does produce tears but i do get this um it's like uh, sleep. Oh, so, yeah, you know, yeah. You get sleep yeah, dry, yeah. Yeah. but yeah. it's wet. It's not dry. So I get that. It's like a white, it looks like a white film that mm. I have to right. take off. Uh, but so like your, your actual eye socket can't produce tears. Like you don't have a tear duct? No, no. So yeah, I don't, uh, when Ooh, it wells up, it comes from the other side. And um, yeah, but I, I definitely think you're right. I mean, the fact that, you know, having the chance to kind of let it out <laughs> either way. Uh, for me, it was just, um, I guess, mad at the situation. 
So for me, it was just this determination to beat it. Right. Like, to me, it was like, this was the object that I'm going to destroy. And that's how I focused on it. Right. Um, and yeah, it definitely there's days where I was just, you know, upset. Like the first time that uh, I did the uh, swallow test. So after they uh, closed the trach, which all they do is just put a uh, Band-Aid over it. <laughs> and it just heals on its own. A Hulk Band-Aid. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's done. And then um, you have to go through a Marvel swallow test. Marvel or DC? <laughs> swallow test. Jerry, you're familiar with that, right? <laughs> Brian, there's, there's jokes. Brian's got the with, cum jokes hard uh, today. Yeah. With Taylor, right? Taylor, you remember <laughs> testing the chair for that, the swallow test? I do the blow test. He does the swallow test. I'm actually yeah. really excited to leave those jokes in so we can have people email us about how much they hate them. <laughs> <laughs> so the so, swallow test. So the swallow test. Um, I had to do it twice the first time I failed. And there's nothing you can do. It just has to heal on its own. Um, so what is it? They're just testing that you're, so you have they're the testing reflex? that the um, the flap um, just below. Uh, oh, I can't remember the right word for it. The uvula, or so the flap that's in your lungs that connects your uh, your lungs and then your um, trachea. Your trachea uh, has to work. It has to open and close. And um, when you have obviously the tracheal, it uh, prevents that from happening. So it has to kind of grow oh. back, I guess, and relearn. So it just wasn't doing it. So. When I would swallow, it wouldn't close enough and you'd have liquid get into your lungs. Oh, that's and bad. if you got liquid in your lungs, you can get pneumonia and blah, blah, blah. You get so how do they test you? Do they, do they go, all right, we're going to give you a mouthful of cereal. Yes. Let's hope it doesn't go into your lungs. And they count the Cheerios in your stomach and they're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, you got eight. Can't we gave it. you 10. Yeah. There's two in your lungs. <laughs> You're going to get pneumonia. Uh, well, how do it's they test thick, it? So it's uh, a thick liquid and they have you um, beside this uh, kind of like an x-ray machine. You take the liquid and they kind of watch it go down and, you know, if it goes into your lungs. And So did it go into your lungs? It did. And oh, you know, fuck. I got mad and hit the side of the wheelchair and was like, bah, this is BS. Sounds like a movie moment. I want to swallow something. <laughs> I can't do it. So does it like, does it do anything like when it went into your lungs? Were they like, oh shit, No, it was just gave that to you? Really small. Like, so we're talking like, you know, those little medicine cups kind of thing, right? So it's just enough that it doesn't do anything. How stoked were you uh, in it when you, when you passed that test? Oh, it was really great. I was super psyched. Uh, I was obsessed with juice because, you know, like you can't have anything for so long because I couldn't swallow. So you just build stuff up in your mind. Like everybody does about everything. Mm. And then you assume like, I was like, oh, I'm remembering juice. It was amazing. Apple juice, orange juice, whatever it was. It was like the best tasting thing in the world. Look what I can do, guys. Yeah. <laughs> and then I had it and I'm like, shit, this is it? Like, <laughs> it's good, but it wasn't definitely like I was thinking. Yeah, it's um, apple juice. Yeah. I mean, sometimes apple juice, you know. I love apple it juice. Gets, yeah, and it like it hits yeah. the spot. And then sometimes... It it's, doesn't. It doesn't. Did you say hits the spot? Kind of like that <laughs> test that you did with Taylor last night to see if you could hit the spot. I'm I'm not cutting any of this. No, uh, it's all staying. Yeah. In. Um. So so before we wrap up, there's there's one question that uh that we we often ask our guests that come on the show. You might even say 100 percent of the time. Uh, no, we've we've missed it sometimes. Sometimes we don't ask. Ninety nine point five percent of the time. Thank you. That was very precise. Uh, Luke, what would you say? Uh, is one thing that your experience with this this accident has taken away from you? What has it taken? Um, definitely, you know, uh, the ability to ride, uh, my mm. independence in a way. Um, uh, it de- it's given me uh, a lot too, though. I mean, I think I've focused more on that than what it's taken away. Mm-hmm. And that's probably my naivety and my short-sightedness coming in again. Uh, but yeah, when you you see things differently, when you realize that you were probably going to die. and I thought you were going to say you see things differently when you're legally blind in one eye and have a glass <laughs> eye in the other. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, have uh, you, been, have you been on a motorcycle since I've been on the back? You know, like I said, yeah. unfortunately I can't, I can't ride anymore. Right. And, uh, I don't really know. Like it's one of those things where I'd like to say if I could see, uh, I would ride again, but who knows? I mean, uh, there's, uh, stuff that's buried in there mm. that I don't know. Like I recently found out that, uh, I do have a little PTSD, uh, yeah. and it has like affected my breathing. Like I breathe um, shallow instead of breathing with my whole, uh, diaphragm, I breathe at the top part and that's just like the body tightening up. And mm-hmm. it's, it's simple as like, I could try to do it like everyone else does. And then as soon as you even mention pain, my body just flips back. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Like 
no, I'm not in pain, like any more pain than I usually am. Uh, but yet just the acknowledgement of it, my brain's like, shit, we got to fight this. And mm. so there's, there's a little bit of that, right? That, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you kind of learn as you go through the process. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just seeing the world differently than most people get to do and not sweating, you know, uh, like they say, the small things or whatever. It's just, yeah, you see it differently. Like, cause mm-hmm. knowing that I might never see a sunrise again, because before the accident, it was just, like I said, any other day. Like, it's just any other day. Like, you just assume you're going to wake up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you come to this realization that, you know, tomorrow is definitely not that guarantee. Like, we do a great job, and I think it is our brain, you know, because we'd probably go crazy if we realized that we could die any minute. Um, so I think our brain does a good job of convincing us that we will live forever. Mm-hmm. But then when you're shown that you probably could not, um, it definitely changes the way you look at stuff and the way you mm. appreciate things. And it's still even hard. I mean, you get caught up in, you know, everything. And I still try to shake my head sometimes and put myself back in that moment. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, um, it's given me a lot and it's shown me a lot more. And that's, I guess that's the focus that I look on it. Yeah. I tend not to look at the the other side. Luke, thanks, man. Thanks for coming in and doing this. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. It's, um, it's good to, you know, get my story out and hopefully it helps somebody that's going through something, right? And realize that they're not alone and you know, there's other people that are going to, you know, dealing with stuff like this. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it will. Yeah, I really do. Um, and thank you all so much for listening. Uh, that is it for this week. We'll be back next week with another fascinating story. I'm sure. Slick stuff. Slick stuff. Cool stuff. stuff. Cool stuff. And, uh, in the meantime, head on over to, uh, iTunes, give us a rating, a subscription, a review, all those things really mean a lot. They actually keep us up on the iTunes charts. Very important. Uh, and we're on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and uh, a bunch of silly crap that goes up there. And actually, it's a great place to stay up to date with our live shows when we're doing live shows because we really don't do much to promote those because they they do so well. Uh, so we just make a post on Facebook and Instagram. So if you if you want to catch us live, uh, definitely be following us on social media. And uh, we also post our blog posts up there uh that we have on our website so and i'm sure we'll we'll get luke to whip up a a sweet blog post and maybe some pictures uh of you know of some of the crazy shit that you went through um and also uh patreon yeah head over to patreon.com slash sick boy uh we got lots of exclusive content on there all of our live shows that we that we do uh record go up there um they don't go to the general public so that's one little perk and we got a lot a lot of silly stuff on there as well uh, and there's uh, one thing there. You get a discount on something if you uh, if you contribute to our Patreon. What's that, Bri? Merch. You get a discount merch. on merch. You get 10% mm. off. And you can find all of the merchandise over at shop.sickboypodcast.com. We should add dice to the merch store. That's a great idea. Yeah, I love that. Merch, uh, merch dice. Yeah, merch dice. That's it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeremy. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.